You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Glory Days, part four of six. Enjoy. Put your trust in Jesus right now. Lord, we come to you. Holy Spirit, we expect amazing things from you. It is your desire to bring us into life and more life, into life overflowing, into life abundantly. And we thank you for life abundantly. We thank you for uh, showing more of who you are to us now. We thank you for opening our eyes to see you as you are. We thank you for molding us and shaping us and growing us in you right now. We thank you, Lord, for solving every issue in our lives. We thank you for meeting every need according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus. We thank you for your word in our presence. We thank you for your glory in us now. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, God is so good. Hallelujah. We are right in the middle. Uh, We're in message four of six of a series we started uh, a few Sundays ago, ago, Glory Days. And we want you to know that your glory days are not in your past. They're not behind you. Thank God for the good things we've experienced and the victories in our lives. But the reality is your glory days are in front of you. The best days of your life are in front of you. The, blessed, the best days of your life are here starting today and going forward. The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn shining ever brighter to the full light of day. So our title of this series is Glory Days, and we are in message number four. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 18. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that your word is alive in us. We thank you for quickening us by your spirit and showing yourself to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So we see in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 that every single one of us, we know that this was written to those who had put their faith in Jesus Christ, to those who were born again in the town of Corinth. And it says that every one of us, everyone who's born again, With unveiled face, we have no shame anymore. With unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror. Who do we see when we look in a mirror? Ourselves, right? Beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord is in us now. Now, I found when I looked in the the Word of God that the Word of God is likened unto a mirror. In the book of James, we can see that. Let's go to James chapter 1, verse 23. The word of God is likened unto a mirror. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. So when we hear the word of God, we can see who we are, just like looking in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself... And gone away, 
he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. God's word is a mirror that shows us who we truly are. If you've put in your faith, if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, you've confessed Jesus as Lord of your life with your mouth, and you've believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you are a different breed of people. We are a different breed of people. We are born again. We were all born the first time we came through our mother's womb, but we've been born a second time by the Word of God, by the everlasting, incorruptible seed of the Word of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're a different breed of people. Through faith in Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we have become God's very own sons and daughters. There is a huge, huge eternal difference between us and those who have not been born again. There's a big difference. So if I hear... John chapter 17, which we've been talking about in our series, verses 20 through 22, where Jesus says, he's talking to his father and he says, the same glory that the father gave me, the same glory that you gave me, father, I have given them. We learned in our series so far that the same glory that God the father gave Jesus, Jesus has given to us. So if we hear that, And we read 2 Corinthians 3.18 about the glory of the Lord. And then we go about our days, we go Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, living like someone who's not full of the glory of God. Then we've forgotten what we look like. Have you ever tried to imagine what life would be like without mirrors? Pretend, Pretend you were born and lived your whole life and never looked in a mirror. Do you know you'd have no way of of recognizing your face? I mean, unless you took a selfie, but let's pretend you couldn't do that, (laughs) right? There was a day when you couldn't take selfies, right, with your phone? But you would have no, I mean, you could see your hands and your feet, but you couldn't see your face without a mirror. Someone could show you a picture of yourself, a photo, hold it right in front of you, and you wouldn't know it was you. Isn't that amazing? That's what the Word of God is like. Someone could say, with the stripes that wounded Jesus, you have been healed. But you may not believe that. Because what you see of yourself or your symptoms, your circumstances, your situation, and you haven't come to recognize what Christ has done for you in the Word. That Himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. You haven't come to know that yet. So you can hear the word of God and not recognize that it's you. Without mirrors, do you know that our vision would be uh, restricted? Have you ever been driving and going up a hill around a bend and there's a telephone pole with a mirror on it to show you what's coming on the other side of that bend? Because you couldn't see that with your natural eyes, right? There's things we can't see about ourselves until we get in the Word. Our natural eyes can't. We don't know who we are until we get in the Word. 
Do you know without mirrors, you wouldn't know if your face was clean or dirty? Have you ever done that? Gone throughout your day, talked to a bunch of people, then you jump into the, 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 the bathroom and you look in the mirror and, oh, you got something on your face. And they go, oh, I've been talking to all these people and that's put on my face all day, right? You wouldn't have known that unless you looked in a mirror. Well, see, and you can go through life condemned, trying to please God, trying to, to, to do things and feeling like you never measure up until you look in the Word of God and see that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For through uh, Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life has set us free from the law of sin and death. So without the Word of God, we can't see who we are. Do you know that Paul, in, uh, I think it's 1 Corinthians 3, let's go there. 1 Corinthians 3, He's actually correcting born-again people for behaving like mere men. Look, we'll start in verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 3. It says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people. Now, these are born-again believers, right? These are believers in Christ. I could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk, not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, you are, are you not carnal? And look at this, and behaving like mere men. Well, what were they? They were God's sons and daughters. They were born again. We're not your average people. But you won't know that until you look in the Word. We're not like others who don't know Jesus. On the outside, we look like that. But on the inside, it's a whole different story. So Paul is telling them, we're not mere men. That we've been born again. Do you know that you can't see yourself without the New Testament? The New Testament. You can't see yourself without the New Testament. The Old Testament is very important. It, 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 the whole purpose of it was to show us our need for Christ and to point us to Christ. But without Christ, without faith in Christ, you can't understand the Old Testament. The New Testament is a supernatural mirror that enables us to see inside of ourselves. It's the ultimate x-ray. It enables you to see who you are in Christ, and you can't see that in any other way. So let's take a look again. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians 3, 18. You know what, Eden? Let's go to Hebrews 4.12 before we go there. Hebrews 4.12. Before we, you can read it on the screens before we get to 2 Corinthians 3. This New Testament, it's supernatural. It shows us things that we couldn't see in any other way. And this is what uh, it says uh, in 4.12 of Hebrews, for the Word of God is living and powerful. You could take that app, that Bible app you have and delete it from your phone. You could take your paper and ink and, and your, your, your physical Bible and throw it in the fire, but God's Word, is, it doesn't go away. So it's not the ink and the paper that we're talking about. We're talking about the living reality of what Christ has done. The Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Let's look at that Eden in the, uh, in the message translation. God means what He says, 
What he says goes, look at this, his powerful word is sharp as a surgeon's scalpel. Do you know they use mirrors? You know doctors use mirrors? Physicians use mirrors to see what they can't see with their natural eyes alone? Cutting through everything, whether doubt or defense, laying us open to listen and obey. Do you know that stereotypical picture of the physician with the mirror on his head and the light bulb? They don't do those anymore. But mirrors, see, God's Word is a mirror. It enables us to see things deep inside of ourselves. And now, now let's go back. Knowing that His Word is a mirror, let's go back to 2 Corinthians 3.18 and look at this again. So we're reading something very powerful. It's not a religious book. It's not a theology book. It's the living Word of the living God. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being, look at this word, transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. I want you to focus on that word, transform. It's a Greek word that is, uh, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but metamorpho'o. And it's only used four times in the New Testament. And it literally means to be changed from the inside out. Okay? From the inside out. Why is that important? Because that's how God operates. And you'll be very discouraged and frustrated if you don't understand that. God works from the inside out out. He works from the unseen to the seen. Satan, on the other hand, works from the outside in. He tries to, he wants you to focus on the external. He wants you to focus on your circumstances, on your situations, on what's going on in this world. And he wants to put pressure on you from the outside. Why does he want to do that? Because he wants you to change what you believe based on what's going on outside of you. Satan works from the outside in. He wants you to focus on your symptoms. He wants you to focus on whatever lack you might see in front of you. He wants you to focus on the difficulties or what people are saying about you or the circumstances that you're in. And by focusing on that, he puts pressure on you to change what you believe inside. So God may have given you a promise regarding your circumstances, but he doesn't want you to focus on that. He'll put pressure on you from the outside to get you to change and move off of that thing. God, on the other hand, wants you to focus on his promise, on his word, and believe his word on the inside, in your heart, and see your circumstances change on the outside. Do you see the difference? That's how he operates. Everything we see came from the unseen. And everything we want to change in our lives will be changed through the power of the unseen. So I know that I have things now in Christ that my physical eyes haven't seen yet. But I've got them. And that's so important to understand. As I've heard uh, believers so often over the years, they're, they're looking for the power of God. 
They're looking for the glory of God, and they fail to realize that the glory of God is already in them. Isn't it interesting that Jesus, when they came to him and asked him in John chapter 6, uh, verses 28 and 29, they said, what must we do to do the works of God? And he said, believe on the one whom he sent. Just believe. See, at Highway Church, we're all about Jesus. We won't give you a checklist of things that you need to do to, to, uh, to grow in your spirituality or, or to be healed or to prosper. Just believe. Stay with me on this. This is good. This will help you. So this word metamorpho, we find it in Matthew 17. We find it in Mark chapter 9. We find it in Romans chapter 12 and 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We just read 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Let's look at two more places of this word. Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 and 2. We see this word for the first time in the New Testament in Matthew chapter 17, verse 1 and 2. Now, this is a really important part of Scripture, an important time in the ministry of Jesus. He's about to show who he is on the inside to his disciples on the outside. This is the only time he did this during his ministry. So six days later, verse 1 in Matthew 17, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. So it's just Jesus and these three men, three of his disciples. And he was transfigured, metamorpho. He was changed from the inside out before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his garments became white as light. Who Jesus was at that moment, who Jesus really was on the inside became visible on the outside. That's the only change that took place. Before that and after that, there was nothing different about Jesus on the outside. People didn't recognize him. They didn't know. There was times they said, who, who is he? Who is that? When they came to arrest him, they didn't know who he was. They had to ask, Judas had to arrange a sign with the guards to show them who Jesus was. And I say that because there's a religious concept that when Jesus ministered on the earth, he kind of glowed, that there was something supernatural about his physical appearance, and there wasn't. Are you ready for this? If we could see the glory inside of you right now, just like in Matthew 17, the glory of Jesus would illuminate this entire mall in you. John 17, 22, the same glory that the Father gave me, I give unto them, to those that believe in the Word, it says in John 17. That same glory. Why did Jesus do this? Did he slip and, and just kind of, oops, I didn't mean to show you that. Everything he did had a purpose, a divine purpose. He was always about revealing truth, revealing himself to man, bringing us into relationship. He was always about revealing God the Father. 
He wanted to show his disciples there is a greater reality to what your physical eyes can see. He told them in Mark 11, uh, 23, he said that whosoever believes those things which he saith will have them. That what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you have received them and you'll have them. That's supernatural. We wouldn't have to believe that we have something if we physically could see it, right? The whole nature of our relationship with God is faith being sure of what we can't see because he is in the spirit realm. And as we believe his word to us, the reality of what's in the spirit begins to manifest in the physical realm. Let's look at Roman, one more place. Romans chapter 12, as far as this word uh, metamorpho. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Now you got to stay with me as we... As we uh, move forward in this, this might be a little uh, new to you, what I'm about to say, but it's so good. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Famous scripture here. When you talk about being transformed, this is the scripture most people go to. It says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be metamorpho, transformed, changed from the inside out. By the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, I want you to notice two words. Does it say the renewing or just by renewing? What's it say? The renewing. Huge difference. If it said transformed by renewing, that would be an action. That'd be a verb. In the Greek, it's not a verb. It's a noun. Stay with me. This is going to help you. Christianity is not about doing. It's about being. This the renewing is talking about an event. I'm going to show you that. In the Greek, it is a noun. It is not a verb. By the renewing of your mind. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, at that moment, you were made new. Okay? Stay with me on this. Now, and I understand what we've been taught, and we've heard messages about renewing our mind. And it's very important that we fill our mind with the promises of God. And that we don't allow any ungodly thoughts, any airtime in our mind. But the Scripture is talking about something more powerful than that. I want you to stay with me, okay? Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Now, so when you put your faith in Christ, however, however long ago that was, a renewal took place in you. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 5, and we'll go back to this. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he someday is going to be. No, he is. A new creation. When? Now. Right? Old things someday later will pass. No. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's a powerful scripture. That if I'm in Christ, right now, I'm a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Now stay with me. Let's go back to Romans chapter 12 now. 
This is another translation. All right? Let's see. Let's look at, yeah, let's look at the Amplified. Here we go. It says, do not be conformed to this world. Now, conform speaks of pressure from the outside. It's the opposite of transform. Transformed is being changed from the inside. Conformed is like when you put pressure on Play-Doh to change it and to mold it and shape it. That's what the enemy tries to do. It puts pressure on you from the outside. God works from the inside. To this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs. Look at this. But be changed from the inside. Now, the Amplified helps us a little bit here. By the entire renewal. See, that's an event of your mind by its new ideals and its new attitude. It's talking like this mind is separate from you, right? Like it's all by itself. In other words, by its new ideals and its new attitude. Stay with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Go to the, that one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? What does that say? But we have the mind of Christ. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God himself, in the person of the Holy Spirit, came to live in you. And you now have the mind of Christ in you. <laughs> Just kind of rattles the religious cage, doesn't it? The mind of Christ was put in you when you put your faith in Christ. Isn't that what it said? Right? But we have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is in us. The glory. Now let's go, let's look at the Weiss translation of Romans 12. We're just, we want you to get this, okay? Why do we look at the word so much at Highway Church? That's where the life is. We like looking in the mirror. We like to know who we are. We don't want any confusion when we go through our day about who we are and what God has done for us through Christ. So we look in the mirror a lot. Is that all right? Okay, Romans chapter 12. This is the Weiss translation, okay? It says, stop assuming an outward expression that does not come from within you and is not representative of what you are, not going to be, in your inner being but is patterned after this age, that outward expression, right? But change your outward expression to one that comes from within and is representative of your inner being by the renewing of your mind. Now this word renewing, oh, we've got one more, don't we? Might as well, go to the message. Eh? This is how the message says it. Don't become so well adjusted to, uh, adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. Where's God? He's inside of you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You believe that? That's just the Bible. Sure. Fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. So God is living in us. Now let's go to Philippians. Philippians 2.13. So if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, you need to know that God, the maker of heaven and earth, is living in you now. I, this is just the Bible. Do you, do you think, do you spend time thinking about that? 
God is living in me now. Now look what Philippians says. Not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in heaven. What's that say? In you. (laughs) Energizing. And creating in you the power and desire both to will and work for his good pleasure, satisfaction, and delight. Now here's where we get it. Are you ready? Man's tendency is to focus on doing instead of being. Christianity is not about doing. And I can relate, we've all been to church, and this has been preached far too much. When you go to church, what you do is you end up getting a checklist of how far you've fallen short and all the things you need to do to get your life back together. And what Christianity, many have made Christianity, is about self-examination instead of Christ-examination. What do I mean? In the Old Testament, when someone came to the priest to be forgiven of their sins, they brought a sacrifice. The priest did not examine the person. He did not ask them questions about what they did wrong, why they did it. He examined the sacrifice to see if the sacrifice was spotless, was worthy. This is so important. Much of so much, too much of the messages that we're hearing today are about examining yourself, about fixing yourself, about the things you need to do to please God. Instead of what God has done, what Christ has done, and has made us pleasing to God. See, when we come to God, he's not looking to see how many mistakes we've made. He's looking at his, the sacrifice that's been offered, his son Jesus. He was the spotless one. So instead of spending so much time looking at your mistakes and looking at how you fall short, shift gears and begin to look at Jesus at what he's done and how he didn't fall short, how he measured up perfectly to God's standard and how he made you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Isn't that right? 2 Corinthians 5.21 For God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. In Christ. Wow, that is amazing. This will change your entire life. That's what Romans is talking about. It's saying, don't be conformed, this will be transformed by the new life that is in you, by the mind of Christ that is in you. This same term, the renewing, is used in one other place, and it's in Titus. That's our last scripture. Let's look at that, Eddie. Though renewing, that term in Romans, that Greek noun, 
is used in one other place, and we find it in Titus. And you'll see again, it's talking about what happened when we were made new in Christ. But when the kindness of God our Savior and His love for mankind appeared, this is Titus 3, verses 4 and following, verse 5, He saved us, not on the basis of our deeds, which we have done in righteousness. You couldn't do enough good deeds to merit God's love for you. But according to His mercy, by the washing, there's another noun, you see that now? Of regeneration and renewing, that's that Greek noun. It's talking about an event. Same thing Romans is talking about. The washing, the renewing by the Holy Spirit. By the washing, the renewing, in verse 6, whom he poured out upon us richly. Don't wait for the Holy Spirit to come. He's already in you. Don't wait for the glory of God. It's in you now. He poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ. This is a whole different way of living. So we are transformed by simply letting Christ in us lead the way. By letting the life of Christ that is in us now dominate us. By submitting to the life of Christ that's already in us. We have been made new. And that's what Romans is talking about. Let that renewing dominate you. Let that new life of Christ change you from the inside out. So we believe God's word not to bring about something that hasn't happened yet. But we believe God's word to, to bring us into the reality of what God has already done through Christ. At Highway Church, we want you to know Christianity is not about doing things right. It's not about making a list of all the right deeds you need to do this week. It's not about that at all. It's about letting Christ live in you. And that's all you need to focus on, right? Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. What kind of righteousness is that? How is God righteous? By faith. This is what it's saying in Romans. We've been made righteous by faith. We live by faith. God does everything by faith. So you can't be made righteous by doing a thousand good deeds this week. You can't do it. It won't change you. But you can do a thousand good deeds this week just by focusing on the life of Christ that's in you. He'll lead you in to the things you need to do. And you won't wear yourself out trying to please God, trying to meet some man-made standard in order to receive from God. Okay? We want to experience the reality of Him, and we do that by simply believing in what He's already done in us. Glory days. All right? Through Christ, God has brought us into this renewal, this renewing, this washing, this regeneration through His Word. And today, we are new creations in Him. Let that new creation, let that life of Christ, let the mind of Christ reign in you. Amen. Father, we thank you so much for your word this morning. Lord, your word causes us to see things differently. It enables us to see things that we couldn't see without your word. 
We are so thankful for the New Testament. We know that, Lord, even, even the first generation church in the book of Acts, they didn't have the New Testament. They didn't have everything, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, all the way through Revelation, that we have now in one collection. Lord, we have more than what they've had. We're in a better place. And we, we put our, our faith in you this morning, Lord. We thank you for your glory manifest in our lives. We thank you that you have made us new. There's no checklist anymore. It's faith in you. We're believing on your son, Jesus Christ, and we thank you that we right now are new creations in Christ Jesus. Jesus, that we have been regenerated, reborn, renewed by your Spirit. In Jesus' name. The Word of God is a mirror that shows us who we truly are. If you are in Christ, then you are a new creation, born of God with His very Spirit living in you. Put your trust in Him and let the life of Christ in you lead the way. In Jesus' name, amen.